G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Go 10 more days. Go 10 more prayers. Go 10 more sessions. Do whatever you have to do. But don't give up because the King will come. He always comes. Hi and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we continue waiting on the return. Pastor Jeff is encouraging us to be patient when we think of giving up on things in our lives. If we hold on, he says... The King will come. The writer of the book of Isaiah tells us we'll do more than just survive. We will thrive. God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even use young men grow tired and weary. But verse 31, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue waiting on the return. This is Advent, knowing and waiting and trusting, no matter how bad it looks, no matter what you do or do not understand, it's not over because the King will come. The King always comes. It may not be how you expect it or when you expect it, but one thing is certain, the King always comes. That's the story of Christmas. It's a reminder that your faith is not misplaced. And it's not only that you're waiting on second advent, it's you knowing the first advent has already come. So God is with you now. Emmanuel, God is with us. There's never a time, never a journey, never a season where God is not with you, no matter how it feels. The objective truth is that God is always near. And even when you can't understand what he's doing, he knows what he's doing because he's God. He's not distant. He is here, right here, right now with you. In your sorrow, the king comes. In your sadness, the king will come. In your fear and anxiety, the king will come. In your despair and depression, the king will come. He always comes. And even in those seasons when you feel like that there's no way out, no way around, no way through, don't stop waiting. Don't stop watching. Advent tells you that the king will come. The king always comes. Don't give up. In the 70s, Charles Swindoll would always tell the story about the a farmer in Texas who had the land and there was drought. He'd inherited from his family and he didn't want to give it up, but he couldn't find water. A friend of his came over and said, look, I, I know you're not a believer, but I am. And God tells me to tell you there's water, dig, drill. And they drilled and they kept drilling. Many times he wanted to give up, but his friend said, I'm telling you there's water. Just keep drilling. Don't give up. Be patient. Don't give up. Keep drilling. He kept drilling. But finally he grew weary, stopped drilling, no water. He lost it all. The land, the family name, bankruptcy. And the next farmer came in and bought the land and he drilled 10 feet deeper and found water and 10 feet deeper and found oil. Here is my experience in life. The times when the temptation to give up is at its most intense is the same time your proximity to victory is nearer than it's ever been before. At just the time you're ready to give up, that's usually when you're closest to your goal. 
I think of what would have, how my life would have taken a different turn had I quit basketball every time I told my father I was going to quit. I didn't like the coach. Practice is too hard. They demanded too much. And my dad would say, look, don't do that. You'll be missing out on so much. I think of all I would have missed. I think of how many times I've thought about giving up on my marriage. What? You, Pastor Jeff? Of course, man. I'm right. This is real life we're talking about here. And I think about what I would have missed had I given up. No Delaney, no Sion, no family at Thanksgiving or Christmas, man. I think about the times I've thought about giving up on ministry. Oh, yeah. Especially in my 20s and 30s after I'd come home from an elders meeting. I don't know how many times I told my wife, and that's it, man. I cannot lead these guys, man. They're a stiff-necked, stubborn group of people. I, I'm going to go back to do ba- I'm going to go back to what I know that I can do best. I'm going to go back to coaching basketball and get out of this ministry stuff. It's just too hard. Man, had I done that, I would have never met you and never come to the promised land of San Dimas, California. <laughs> you know I'm right. Right now, I'm going through a little bit of a journey. I'm, I've been considering giving up golf. <laughs> and and the, you think I'm kidding, but the reason is, is ever since my accident in April, my wrist won't work properly. And so I've been wondering, is, it, uh, is God trying to tell me that, to give up golf? And of course, I know that God would never ask me to do that <laughs> because golf is God's game. <laughs> and so I thought, wait a minute, maybe he did this to improve my golf. <laughs> now, if you're not a golfer, you wouldn't understand that, but a flat left wrist is the very good move in the game of golf. And it's hard for me not to have a flat wrist because it won't bend. No, I'm just kidding about that, obviously. Not the wrist part, but the God and golf part. But the point is, I, I just won't quit. And the reason I won't quit, hey, is the same reason I won't quit on you. Is because I've known too long in my life that if I wait, just on the other side, the king will come because the king always comes. Some of you in the room are thinking about giving up on your marriage and you're so close. Some of you are thinking about giving up on your job and you're so close. Some of you on your kids and you're so close. Some of you on a business that you know God told you to start but you're about to give up. You're so close. Some of you want to give up on doing the right thing because you say it's getting you nowhere. But the Bible says, do not become weary in doing good. At the right time, he will raise you up. You've come so far. Some of you are thinking about giving up on a dream that you have that you know came from God, but it's been hard and you're thinking about giving up on it now. Some of you are thinking about giving up on a calling that you know came from God. You're thinking about quitting. Don't give up. You've come so far. You've come so close now. Go 10 more yards. Go 10 more feet. Go 10 more days. Go 10 more prayers. Go 10 more sessions. Do whatever you have to do. But don't give up because the king will come. He always comes. Ann Voskamp, in her book, The Greatest Gift, that we're reading through in Advent, tells the story of Abraham and Isaac. And I've never seen it or heard it like this. Yes, I've heard the fundamental parts of the story. Abraham prays for Isaac for years and years and years. Abraham and Sarah get a child. Isaac now, the joy and the love of his life. And now God says, take him up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. And Abraham goes up the mountain knowing that God's not gonna go through with it, but offers his son anyway. And he gets to the top of the mountain. And just as he's about to bring the knife down on his son, the angel of the Lord stops him and says, stop, don't do anything. 
Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld your own son from me. And the Bible says that suddenly he saw a ram in the thicket whose horns got caught. And instead of his son, he took that ram and offered that as a sacrifice to God. And verse 13 and 14 says, or first 14 rather says, so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And Voskamp takes that and says in the thin air of Advent, in the thin air of Advent, when you don't know what to say because you didn't know life was going to turn out this way and you don't know that if anybody understands the, 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 the power and intensity of your passion to give up and to quit and to go home, game over. She says, in this thin air of Advent, you soon learn something. God always has a ram in the thicket. Advent whispers, now I know that since you did not spare your own son, you will graciously give me all things. You always have a ram in the thicket. The beautiful thing about waiting is that God doesn't tell you to wait and just say, good luck with that. He tells you to wait and then he provides endurance for you. He comes into the power of his spirit to give you sustaining, staying power and power along the way while you wait for the king to come. There's always a ram in the thicket. But you have to understand that God does his best work in the in-between time of while you're waiting. Because while you're waiting, you'll cry out to him because you're in need. While you're waiting, you'll seek him like you've never sought him before. While you're waiting, there is hope, there is blessing, there is prayer, there is devotion, there is seeking. And God knows that those are things you won't do quite intensely when you have everything you want. And so he needs you to wait. I don't know how many of you in the room know my assistant, Corrine. She's in the executive office. She's a wonderful young woman. She basically runs CCV. She and Mike were married in 2007. They wanted to start a family and they had a dream, man. Both of them had a dream for, for a family. Great people. They prayed and they prayed. In 2010, Corrine got pregnant. Man, they were happy. They had prayed. God delivered. But she had a miscarriage. It took the life out of both of them, she said. They had prayed, they had received, and now it's like God was toying with them. I gave you a gift, now I'm going to rip it away from you. She said, it wasn't only what happened, but it's how it happened. When I miscarried, Mike was away in Palm Springs. I was by myself. I was so alone. I was so disappointed, upset, angry, so sad. And all my friends came around, she said, and they said to me the same thing you always say. You can get pregnant again. Don't worry, it'll happen. New life is just around the corner, she said, but it didn't happen. What seemed so easy at first now seemed impossible. We prayed and we prayed and year after year started to go by nothing. People started to give me the regular platitudes, which is okay, Christians do this. It's what we do. It's, when we can't think of anything to say, we say things like, we'll just wait on God's timing. It's just around the corner in God's way, God's time. Well, she said five more years went by and we both realized something that perhaps we needed to make our peace with God and with the fact that he may not ever bless us with a child, ever. Pastor Jeff, she said that was hard to do. We love God, we trusted God, but our feelings of wanting a family is still there. And then three more years, now it's eight years. And she said to me this weekend, I quote, she said, we learned the secret of being content with or without a child which I translate into, we gave it to God without losing the hope that one day the king would come. And then suddenly she said, when we really made our peace with it, as Abraham gave Isaac 
to God, we gave our child to God and said, God, you're first. And she said it was uncanny when God had taken us through that journey and we really came to the point where we were willing to give up the hope and dream, if that's what God wanted, then suddenly a beautiful little baby girl came along named Callie. And here's what I've learned in so many lives, in my own life with my anxiety disorder and with the lives of people that I've counseled and ministered to, at that point in your life, when God truly does become first to the point where you can receive and accept no because you trust that he knows something better is usually the point when the dreams of your heart become realities. What's even more astounding is my friend Byron Graham, a pastor in Australia, heard of Corrine's predicament and began to pray for her as well as the whole church. A New Zealand pastor friend of mine, Don McDadell, who said he heard from God that Corrine would get pregnant and she would have a baby. Nancy Hopstein, who works here, said she prayed and heard from God that Corrine would have a baby and in faith began to knit a blanket that she gave to Corrine when she heard Corrine was pregnant. Imagine being Corrine. Well, how did you know? I knew. And Pastor Phil told me months before Corrine got pregnant that Corrine would be pregnant and she would have a child and it would be a baby girl. At the time, I told him he was crazy. <laughs> I've learned not to do that with Pastor Phil. He's so unpredictable. <laughs> Corrine said, I can only believe, Pastor Jeff, that God did all this to prepare the way for this one child. This is Today with Jeff Vines. And Pastor Jeff's message is called Waiting on the Return. As we wait for the King to come, God continues to provide in those in-between times when we're finding it tough to keep going. Suzanne Anderson said, I may never know when an answer to prayer is going to happen, but I do know this, that God will never fail me. And C.S. Lewis says, relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing has yet been done. What he means by that, if you hope to stay and wait, knowing that the King will come, you're gonna to have to face every new day with the same attitude, God, today is the day, I hope. Today is the day the king will come. But even if he doesn't, I'll never give up hope and I'll never give up waiting because I know eventually the king always comes. I want you to think about something for a moment. Isn't it true that God is infinite and we are finite and there's no way that we could know everything God knows, that God sits at the peak of the mountain and looks down over the valley and he can see how everything works together, the streams, the hills, the paths, but we're at the bottom and all we see is the trees and we're clouded, our vision at least, by how God will use everything to accomplish his purpose. That's part of being finite. G.K. Chesterton writes this, angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. We take ourselves way too seriously. God is the one who is sovereign and he will come if you will but wait, wait. And while you're waiting for him to come, he will always provide the ram in the thicket. He will give you what it is that you need to keep going one more day, one more day, one more day. In fact, the writer of the book of Isaiah tells us we'll do more than just survive, we will thrive. He says, God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak, even youths, young men grow tired and weary, they stumble and fall, but verse 31, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I think it's amazing that the analogy is that you and I will be like eagles. All the other birds flap and they work so hard trying to get off the ground. I think of ducks, you know, they're just horrible flyers. 
But the, but the imagery, the metaphor used for us when the Spirit of God is in us, when we hope in God, a God that is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, that God who knows all things, controls all things, sees all things, that God tells us that we will be like an eagle who soars. And an eagle's so strong, man. He's capable of catching rising currents of warm air, thermal winds that go straight up from the surface of the earth. And they can fly and soar for what seems to be forever with no limitations higher and higher. They've been clocked at going 80 miles per hour, rocketing through the air on columns of wind and invisible air. And this is the picture Isaiah gives us of those who hope in the Lord. And it's the only way that the people in San Bernardino will be able to survive this tragedy. It is the only way. People say, Pastor Jeff, what does this event tell you? It tells me, one, that evil is real. And you can deny it all you want, but you'll never be able to have an explanation for why people do dastardly deeds like this. You just won't. It also tells me that the world still believes in God. What? Yeah. Because the reason you're upset is because you believe life is sacred. You're upset because people have died, innocent have died. And you can't hold that position unless God exists because if there's no God, there's no ultimate purpose, meaning, or sacredness to life. We're all a bunch of chemicals. From dust we come, to dust we'll turn. Nature is red in tooth and claw. The reason you're sad is because you know better. There's intrinsic value to every life and intrinsic value only exists if God exists. And so? So as we try to resolve this, you have to do it within the context of God, not apart from God. And the only hope we have in this world that is filled with bad stuff is that the king will come. But the good news is he came the first time and he'd given his word that he would, he'll come again. But his timing is not like your timing. Think about it, it's only been 2,000 years since the first advent. How many thousands of years was it before the first advent came? (laughs) God's not late. If anything, if he came now, he's still early but we'll all meet him when our lifetime in time ends. We'll stand before the God of eternity. And the Bible says when you do that, you stand face to face with God, something uncanny is going to happen. All the events of your life that previously made no sense will now come into full view. And you, like God, will stand at the peak and suddenly those things will make sense to you. Why God did this, why God allowed this. He'll give you a glimpse and you will see as he sees as he really is, as the world really is. Fyodor Dostoevsky wrote an incredible passage. He said that he believed that uh, like a child suffering, the child will be made well, he'll be healed. And he said, for all the things that happen in this absurdity of human contradictions, that something one day, all of those evil things will vanish like a pitiful mirage. And then he finishes that text by saying that in the world's finale, At the moment of eternal harmony, something so precious will come to pass that it will suffice for all hearts, for the comforting of all resentments, for the atonement of all the crimes of humanity, of all the blood that they've shed, that it will make it not only possible to forgive, but to justify all that's happened. We wait and we watch. And what I say to those of you who are hurting and you've been waiting on something so long and you're not sure you can go another day, my advice to you is go 10 yards deeper. Go 10 feet deeper, go 10 more days, go 10 more sessions, go 10 more prayers. Never, ever give up because the king will come. He always comes, always wait, wait. 
and look for the ram in the thicket, the thing that will give you enduring power and power along the way while you're waiting for God to come. Winston Churchill, after the Battle of the Bulge, one of his advisors told him, the British soldiers are braver than the German soldiers. To which Churchill quickly responded, oh no, they're not. The German soldiers are just as brave as the British soldiers, but the British soldiers were brave five minutes longer. Hang on, hang in, pray, trust, be faithful when everybody else leaves. Advent is about waiting and you're so close now. You're so close. Don't give up when victory's just around the corner. The king came once, he'll come again and he's always present. He's Emmanuel, God with us, which means that he's always with you, always. No matter how you feel, no matter what's happened, he's always with you. Let him be God, let him be God. And at that moment, when you give everything over to him, stand back and watch God give you the desires of your heart. Father, I want to thank you for the second week of Advent. I thank you and praise you for the power that exists in your word and the power of narrative, of, of the power of a story. Thank you for the example of Zechariah and Elizabeth that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you've included in your revealed word, a word that is meant to encourage us and remind us that although generation after generation waits, the king always comes. Give us the enduring power and we thank you for your presence perhaps the greatest gift we could ever know, God with us, in us, upon us, never leaving or forsaking us. And help us to remember that the God who did not spare his own son will surely give us all good things. In his name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That's the end of Waiting on the Return, encouragement that God will provide what we need to keep going in the tough times. Please join us next time when we'll hear another message in our Advent series. To hear more from Pastor Jeff now, you can head to vision.org.au and search for Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.